welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. Luke writes, Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues, and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Um, Just a glancing touch of the psalm that we heard, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. One day tells its tale to another, and one night imparts knowledge to another. Another translation says, The heavens pour forth speech, and only slowly, at least by our standards, and incrementally do we learn to understand the speaking of the universe, of the cosmos to us. Well, uh, Epiphany, we're still celebrating the season of Epiphany. And clearly, uh, the season, uh, Epiphany, means little to nothing to the world, particularly uh, to the world. And in recent history, precious a little more than that, to a segment of the Christian church. Over the past decades and congregations with the fastest patterns of growth, in a day and an age when the moment governs far too much of a life, seems no one wants to be troubled anymore by those old holidays of Christianity's past, thinking ourselves important because we are in the present. Old stories are replaced with today's truth. And in a spinning 24-hour news cycle with frenetic, uh, the beat of frenetic social media demanding attention, bordering upon obsession at times, epiphany, epiphany, 
like so many things, struggles to find a place. Epiphany. Let us not dismiss it. We teach it to the children Wednesday afternoon. We carefully go through the seasons of the church year because they do not focus on us, but we upon them. Advent, Christmas, Epiphany. Epiphany began with the painful, slow trek of old men to see a young child in Bethlehem. The season of Epiphany played out between two cousins who as children laughed and played together only to encounter one another again as men in the dark, muddy waters of the Jordan River there to carry out God's will. One would die and then the other. After John's embrace in the Jordan River, Luke wrote the words that Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. And there, in his hometown of Nazareth, there was much talk about him. The carpenter's son, doesn't he stand out? Isn't he quite remarkable? And this at a time when standing out could be a very dangerous thing. Epiphany. Last week saw water become wine, just north of Nazareth, at a wedding in Cana. And in the face of that sign, it would be John, who later remembered, as a result of it, his disciples believed in him. They believed, even as I suspect Mary's gut was twisted once again into a knot when she, as she could see flashes of what might lie ahead for her beautiful boy, now grown into manhood. I suspect she would have shielded him if she could have, for Mary knew and knew well that sometimes God's will can be hard. Today's epiphany account is contained in words spoken to a uh, a beleaguered group of men and women, a group of Jews gathered together in the synagogue. That's the meaning of the word synagogue, synagogue. We gather together, gathered together to hear God's word. Only on that side, that day, that Sabbath, what God's people had waited and longed to hear was announced as being accomplished in their midst. As Isaiah had foretold, the poor were having good news brought to them, and the deaf and the blind, they could hear and see, and those oppressed in life and those oppressed by life. Through the power of the gospel, Jesus proclaimed, were given freedom. Scripture, Jesus said, was being fulfilled in their hearing. And so, my question today is this. What is your epiphany hope for this day? What is your epiphany hope for this day? How might your God come to you so as to make your life a bit more hopeful and perhaps make your life a little bit more manageable than it otherwise would have been had you slept in today or done other things. 
What do you need to hear this morning such that your faith can rise above fear? I think that is the question Jesus asks today. For you see, through, through the means of grace, through word and sacrament, Jesus once again stands among us and he repeats the words, today, scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You do not have to endure nagging doubt or the dark stain of guilt and sin. For by faith in Jesus, God will manage those things with you. You are not alone. You are not alone. It is a message of good news. With the words that we will hear in but moments, take and eat, this is my body given for you, it is he who will own your guilt and sin. For they would kill him so that your sin need not kill you. This is the message that frees you and frees me and frees the world. But it frees us for a purpose beyond ourselves, beyond yourself. The gospel frees you to become part of a sacred and holy body. The gospel frees you to make you part of a body, sacred and holy, the body of Christ, the church, the church. Thus, Paul saw the church as a body of many parts, as we've just heard from the reading uh, from his letter to the church in Corinth. The apostle Paul, who, if you know his story, took no small measure of convincing, like being struck blind, would explain it best to the congregation he established in the the great megacity, the New York or the Los Angeles of its day, Corinth. Paul would write them, Christ saved you for a reason and a purpose. Again, to the Corinthians, Christ saved you for a reason and a purpose. The reason and the purpose, whatever it is, must be for the glory of God and for the purpose of being integrated evermore into the body of Christ. For a message to our world today, our community, our nation, is, you see, it's not all about you, even though it is about you. In a day and an age when the moment governs far too much of life, and no one wants to be burdened or troubled by additional obligations or responsibility, Paul says, no, 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 listen to me, strive for even greater spiritual gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And the more excellent way of which Paul wrote, many of you are familiar with, it's in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, the so-called love chapter. For it was this greater way that he offered the way of love. Paul would go on in his letter to the Corinthians to write words familiar to many of us. We hear it a lot at weddings. 
Words that culminated, though, in an admonition. Uh, More than being descriptive, uh, that chapter, I think it's uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful language, for sure, but it builds to the admonition at the end, where Paul writes, So, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Live, love, serve. This is an epiphany event suitable for today, for this day. If we can see this Epiphany Sunday, this day as an opportunity, as an opportunity given us by faith in the risen Lord, the Lord of the church, of which you are part as one body with many members. These words are fulfilled in your hearing. This is an epiphany insight for this day. As Nehemiah in the first lesson reminded the people, this day is holy to the Lord, your God. Do not mourn, do not grieve or weep. Eat and drink sweet wine. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. These words are fulfilled in your hearing, in my hearing, as our Lord Jesus Christ comes to us in the bread and the sweet wine of his holy meal. Welcome to the Eucharist. (laughs) Welcome to Holy Communion, that bread and sweet wine that defines the church, feeds the church, sustains the church. Welcome to the great thanksgiving of our God, you who are members of Christ's body, you who are the church. Today the promise is being fulfilled in your hearing, this day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 KL Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.